0: hello welcome to the design for a living podcast with Chelsea Coriel on this week's episode I'm going to be talking about creating a design niche is it niche is it niche uh, either way miss Amy Baines thank you very much Amy for giving me this topic um, I've been working with Amy on my course she took the course years ago and I um, I swear she's my biggest fan, which I love and I'm flattered and honored and she's amazing and knows the course inside and out and is taking tons of notes and she used to, you know, send me little advice and little, you know, on this, on this one, you know, I didn't really understand this. Could you explain it a little more? You know, again, she, she was keeping me on my toes, which was great. And so finally she manifested that she is now helping me with the course, helping me get things, uh, re-recorded, redesigned making it look up to date, um, and making sure that it's really clear, that it's really easy to understand. And part of us working together, I'm helping her with her design business. And, uh, you know, I love that I've been screaming from the rooftops, I feel like, to designers in every video I've ever done for the last, you know, 15 years. It's been I really believe in a designer that creates uh, a special niche for themselves uh, or a niche, if, if uh, you're speaking French or um, whatever, you know, the origin of niches, but where you, you pick a topic that's so specific, you pick a style of design or a type of design or rooms that you want to specialize in. And when you focus all of your attention there, It's so easy to market. It's so easy to find your ideal clients. It's a way for you to really save time, again, with marketing. Um, But the more clear you are with your intentions, the more clear you are about your business, it's easy for you to be really um, sort of a part of your business, right? You're you're passionately attached to it. You're involved. It's things that you're interested in. You you have a, a true focus on something rather than a lot of designers get sort of scattered all over. There's there are too many jobs. Am I doing kitchens? Am I doing bathrooms? You know, am I doing exteriors, interiors, remodels, redesign? And we try to be everything to everyone. And at that point, you sort of become mediocre at every level where if you pick one thing you're really good at, you can truly become an expert in your field. So Amy's um, niche, which I had never even thought about, but we've been talking about um, some different things. So it's with hers, it'll be a little bit of landscaping, yard design, fence design, you know, containment issues. And, and then it's, you know, indoors, what type of space, you know, pet friendly furniture, um, you know, flooring, that's going to be more durable for pets. And this is a huge market. I was in LA last weekend uh, for a, It was actually a musical festival. It was phenomenal. And we stayed with my cousin in Santa Monica. It lives, you know, great little condo right in the heart of Santa Monica. And we did a lot of walking. It seemed like every third person there had a pet. And these weren't just, I mean, well, a lot of them, you know, you see who knows what breed they are, but you could tell they're very uh, designer dogs, lots of designer dogs. But those are people who invested in their pet. They're emotionally attached to their pet. So they're willing to spend the money. There's statistics about the billions of dollars people spend in pet costumes every year for Halloween. So, the thought that someone would spend money to get their house pet ready for a new pet, that's that's just a no-brainer, especially in California. So, we were kind of brainstorming the other day and I was telling her, um, for my own dogs, I get so tired of letting them in and out, in and out. It's a constant battle in my house. And I even have a little fancy plaque that I got from a design store I worked at once that said, you know, agenda for the day, let dog in, let dog out. And so I've been spending the last year trying to find a solution for a dog door. I don't want something that's ugly. There's some that you can kind of put in sliding glass doors. I do have a wood exterior door where I could cut a hole for a dog door, but I'm thinking of what I want from that. I want something that I can close automatically, maybe with an app. How can I turn on a light switch in my house with my phone, but I can't flip a switch on a dog door to lock it? I live in the country. I hear coyotes outside and I don't want my little Pomeranian going out there. So it'd be great if I could just open my app and do, you know, like a smart light, be able to lock it. So I told her, make sure in all of your planning for this, do so much research on, you know, high-tech dog doors, aesthetically pleasing dog doors, um, you know maybe even be at the ground level of designing beautiful dog doors that are also smart use the smart features but again when she knew she knows what she wants to do it becomes really really easy to market now she can go to pet fairs she can go um you know put cards at at the local um you know pet shops and i mean it's just endless she can go to a park she can go to dog parks <laughs> you don't need that many clients a year, right? You only need a couple to really make a great living. So again, being able to hand choose your ideal clients makes it so much easier. So over the years, I've thought of some other niches that, uh, I'm just throwing it out there. You might inspire you. It might get some things rolling. It might, uh, you know, spark a little, Oh, you know what? <laughs> um, One that I worked with a designer on, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see it through because right as we were about to launch, she changed her mind and decided she wanted to be a wedding planner, but that's um, her own decision. But but I had asked her this, like, what do you really love? What is it about design you like? Who is your ideal client? Who is that that you want to work with? Where do they live? What's their lifestyle? How do they make decisions? Um, You know, what is their income level? And- we got down to it that for her, it her ideal client was probably going to be a bachelor who wanted a great kind of a cool hangout kind of, you know, a, an apartment or a condo or a small house where he could entertain. It, it won't scare away prospective women, but it's a great place to have parties. It's a place where he can finally show off you know, income that he's making and and a success level that he's reached without looking over the top, um, like you're trying too hard, if you know what I mean. But also make it look nice. You want it to look kind of like he did it or uh, maybe he could finally afford a designer. So we called it Beyond the Bachelor Pad. And we did a great logo that looked like Mad Men, kind of with that swanky, um, you know, John Hamm with a cigarette lit on a leather sofa. And it was really cool. And we made postcards and it said, beyond the bachelor pad, um, I think it was uh, the benefit of a woman's touch without the commitment, (laughs) which was perfect for her. I was really sad we didn't get to see that through because I know in Seattle, huge tech industry tons of very financially wealthy, successful single men. Would have been a perfect niche for here. Uh, Some others, California, I did a couple houses where they really, they truly wanted themed. They wanted a room to look like a castle or they wanted his bedroom to look like a castle. Um, Having that kind of fantasy Theme, I think, would be spectacular. I mean, how many designers out there are doing that, are, are picking one topic, and then and then they know the best wallpaper looks, the best faux painting, the best drapery styles, furniture, um, mixing in some historical details, you know, where can you find <laughs> a metallurgist to, to, you know, put swords on the wall or, you know, whatever it is. But there's a huge market for that, especially nowadays with gamers, people that are Game of Thrones fans, Star Wars fans. I mean, think of the huge population of people who make good money and would love to have their house look like, you know, something in in George Lucas's, uh, oh, what is the ranch he has? Ilya, what's, where does, Skywalker Ranch. (laughs) I knew Ilya would know. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that would be phenomenal, right? To be able to, to really express yourself create, you know, creatively. It's almost like part set design, part interior design. You could market it at Comic-Con right there. Boom. You'd have an entire year of clients set up. If you went to one Comic-Con and told people you can do Star Wars or fantasy-themed rooms, homes, yards. If any of you please do this, send me pictures. I was so excited. I've often thought of in my retirement that I would just pick different niches just to try them out and see how fun it would be because it's exciting as a designer to try new things and to get to stretch yourself creatively. Um, For a while, when I was a new designer and I just had my son, I actually... I spent so much time and I would have spent any amount of money to do his first nursery. Oh, the dreams you have, the, you know, what color palette am I going to do? Am I going to stick with yellow and green? Because I don't know if he's a boy or girl yet. Am I? But I would have loved to have a designer that could do a nursery, a designer that doesn't know about sofas, but they know about cribs. They know about changing tables, it, you know, safe wall decorations. Ah. Oh. It kills me when I see in design magazines, a nursery, and you'll see this sharp, slightly dangerous or small pieces on the wall, right above the crib. That's not going to take long to get down and, and could be a, a choking hazard or, you know, wrap a baby up. And anyways, you get my point. But some of the did just children's rooms, nurseries, I think there's a huge, huge market for that. So. You know, think about it. This is, this is how I would go about it. If this is something um, that as a designer is starting your new design business, you know, a, m- most designers do really just want to work on, on general homes. They want to work on living rooms and kitchens. But if there's part of you that, that does really have a passion yourself, or maybe there's a need that you've had, uh, again, this started with Amy needing to outfit her house for her pet, And, uh, you know, it kind of snowballed from there. Is there something in your life that you could become an expert at? You could become the specialist, the go-to designer for this one niche. You can get on local uh, talk shows. You can be in the newspaper. They're always looking for articles to fill, the, you know, their their newspaper their newspapers or or magazines. Think about an article about local interior designer specializes in, you know, fill in the blank. Right there, enough publicity for years to come. I think it's a powerful tool. I think it's great, especially for someone that wants to hone in and not get overwhelmed and feel flustered or feel like they don't know enough about everything. Find your niche, hone it in, learn everything you can, learn if there's things you could be developing for that niche, start to create a catalog, start to create a portfolio, and then Think about where do those people hang out? Where do those people congregate? Where do people that are truly passionate about that topic that you know usually have enough disposable income that they want to invest in doing something special with their home based on that topic? And then make sure it's something you're passionate about. Think of how much fun it was. It, it, it could be if, if every day you were designing specific houses for people that had the same passion as you. I think there's a lot of excitement and, and uh, potential in all of it. I think it's a, it's a great place to start. So send me your ideas. If you had an idea for another niche and you just want some ideas to help you brainstorm, I'm happy to do that. Um, I love this kind of stuff. Creating a great, positive, and successful interior design business has been my passion for years. And so I really want to help everyone that I can to create that. Again, if you're interested in my course, you can go to designforliving.com. Please keep leaving me questions and answers. We're a little hectic now. We're coming into our busy season, Um, you know, right before summer. People around here, we've never been so busy. I need two more designers. We're having complete staff change in our office. It's been a little nuts, but it's exciting. We're doing bigger and bigger projects. I've got a couple now that I'm really going to try to get into some magazines, so that'll be exciting. I can help, um, hopefully, teach you guys how that process goes, and you guys get to keep watching me grow along with you, so let's do this together. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and house at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at Living.com.